When our world as we know it crumbles, when it feels like the universe has pulled the rug out from underneath us, the last thing most of us would ever consider is that this catastrophic event might lead us to exactly the life we're meant to be living. Today's guest on the Sensual Alchemy School podcast has one epic story to tell. From surviving a devastating career tragedy to awakening to her full, powerful expression and helping countless women take back their pleasure and, by consequence, their self-worth, Amy Tao is beyond inspiring to me. Amy Tao is the founder of Temple of She, a space for the willing. As a yoni massage practitioner and trainer, certified intuitive guide and registered midwife, Amy has over a decade of experience working with women in powerful yet vulnerable self-exploration. Amy loves nothing more than to push the envelope, get deep and dirty into the taboos of our world. She holds your hand as you push through the edge of your comfort zone. And as someone who is very familiar with breaking down social taboos and stigmatization of very real, valid human experiences, I adore Amy's vulnerability and openness. And I trust that there will be so much gold for you in this conversation too. So sit back and enjoy my chat with Amy Tao. Welcome to the Sensual Alchemy School podcast, where we explore grief, pleasure, and the sometimes messy, always beautiful paradox that exists between the two. Here, as we center the experience of our wise bodies through the archetypal feminine, we ask, within a culture that perceives emotional, intuitive, and creative intelligence as inferior and avoids pain at all costs, what if grief were our compass and pleasure our medicine? My name is Kate Leeper, and I'm so grateful you're here. Welcome, everybody. Back to the Sensual Alchemy School podcast. I'm Kate Leeper. And oh, do I have a treat for you today? I have such a gorgeous woman who I've had the pleasure to get to know a little bit over the years. She has um, sprinkled her magic inside uh, my group. Uh, creative feminine leadership mastermind, Luminess. That was a little while ago now, but it was so beautiful to meet you, Amy Tao. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it was a little while ago. I was thinking it wasn't that long ago, but it was. <laughs> I think it was, yeah, maybe two years, two years at least. Ago, eight, I, oh, yeah. I don't, yeah. honestly, <laughs> the world is kind of just like this yeah. big melting pot of when, who, what, where at the moment, but it was, yeah, it was really uh, very beautiful to have you in that space and to learn more about your work in the world. Temple of She is um, such a gorgeous offering and, uh, you know, we'll definitely speak a bit more about that and your relationship to pleasure and creativity and all of that juicy stuff. But what I like to do as we are dropping into the space together is to firstly just check in. And I'm so curious to know, Amy, as you just take a breath in this moment, what loss feels heavy on your heart or is just present in your body right now? 
Yeah, such a beautiful way to start the the conversation. Um, oh, for me right now, because I've, I've literally just come back from two weeks away on a beautiful tropical road trip, <laughs> mm. um, which was just my daughter and I, my two-and-a-half-year-old and I, and in that space I was able to feel just life with uh, with the two of us mm -hmm. and just feeling the space of everything that has had to go <laughs> mm -hmm. for that to to be and to be our reality to be my reality so the reality of becoming a single mum and letting go of the relationship with my partner feeling the loss and the grief of that the the heightened I suppose awareness of the um my previous life mm -hmm. the the grief around the woman I was before uh becoming a mother and um yeah just all of the changes that have happened to make life the way it is today <laughs> yeah the good the bad the ugly all of the things all of the things um yeah but just really feeling the loss that's there um for things to be the way that they are today, yeah, wow. and the heaviness that that can bring, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hear you. It's so fascinating. We carry all of these iterations of self, right? Like we, mm -hmm. there's this talk about letting go of identity, but I feel like, well, they're, they're still there, they're maybe not front yeah. and center, but <laughs> yeah. we never just say yeah. goodbye to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, that that goes somewhere. And and yet I'm also hearing that there's just so much beauty in what is right now for you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And just realizing that, you know, you can shape and mold your life to be anything that you want it to be, mm. no matter no matter the circumstances, no matter the the resources, the <laughs> any of that, you can, yeah. you know, it can look however you want it to be. And I think giving myself permission to go, you know what, we're hitting the road for two weeks, let's go. <laughs> That's big. <laughs> just, <laughs> just doing it and then and everything that came with that, the relaxing of the nervous system and just all the beautiful things that came because I was able to give myself that. It was, yeah, really beautiful. Oh, I celebrate you so hard for that. That's a big deal, yeah, to yeah. claim I am out of here for two weeks yeah. Yeah. with my child mm -hmm. and everything else is on pause. Yeah, I really, really celebrate you, Amy. <laughs> what a gift. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And so that leads me um, – to my next curiosity, what longing feels present for you? What do you long for right now? Mm. Oh, I think what I – oh, so many things come to mind. Mm. <laughs> but I think probably the, the, the most – the thing that's most alive in me at the moment that I'm longing for is – a deeper feeling of freedom, 
in in my life and the way that we live and freedom from the mainstream, freedom from systems, freedom from societal requirements, expectations, um, freedom for how I raise my child, <laughs> um, freedom for how I run my business and offer my services to women and, and the spaces that they can come into and the getting rid of the the level of taboo that is around that and the level of the uncomfortableness that is around right. that. So many women who are like, oh, I'm in, but I'm scared and I'm terrified and no and yes yeah. and no and all of the stories. So just really... Yeah, just longing for a freedom around all of that. That's just like, you know what? Doesn't matter. I'm doing it or yeah. whatever's there. So yeah, just a, just more more freedom in my in everything that I do really, in every facet mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. my life and business and pet mothering and and my body and yeah, freedom. <laughs> yeah. I'm just soaking up what you shared. And I relate so deeply to not only this, yeah, the same longing for me and my life, but that longing to share whatever freedom I have found, you know, whatever layer I have shared to really share that and to um walk beside others to also feel that. I think like this, yeah, this work, uh, although, you know, the work that we do looks quite different as you speak, right, that the taboo and the unshackling and all of these things Mm -hmm. are really like we're speaking the same language. And so it is like contagious as well. I think it's like the more that, yeah, women get a taste of these things and the more that I do personally, it's just like, okay, how do we make this accessible? How do we just bring the medicine to the people? (laughs) <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Because it's it's contagious in a way, right? Like mm. once you feel what that level of freedom can give you, it's like mm-hmm. it just feels so good. Yeah. You want everybody to have it around you. Yeah. 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 And where else in my life am I not feeling mm-hmm. that too? I think that <laughs> once you crack crack open and you're yes. like, oh, okay. Uh, yes. yeah. And, and that just, I suppose for me, um, with your work and the pleasure piece, which is really what we're here to talk about today. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, the, the most recent episodes of the podcast, as I was sharing with you, Amy, I'm so, I'm always enthusiastic about breaking down cultural norms and just like really getting to the heart of what do we yearn for and how can we live these uh, pleasure-infused lives outside of those systems and structures that have been imposed on us. Um, And so, yeah, I just want to have all the conversations with all the women around how are you subverting these pleasure narratives you know what are you rebelling against what is the taboo that you are like fuck that I am done and how can we yeah how can we just like 
keep breathing life into this revolution. So that's why I reached out to you, Amy, <laughs> because <laughs> you, your expression is potent. You have such a clear flavor in this space of, of uh, embodiment, um, women-centered service. And so I would love to kind of dive into some of that. And I think a really nice place to start might be uh, I want to know for you, that word taboo has really struck me today. What do you, like, what are you here to do when it comes to supporting women to find freedom, to begin to actually look at these stigmatized, ugh, oppressive powers that be? Like, what are you here to do in the untangling of that? Um, yeah. <laughs> Big question. It's, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, it, it's so multi-layered. It's, you know, women, I think the most common thing that women come to me as clients with the struggle that they have is low, low self-esteem or low sexual self-esteem mm -hmm. and complete disconnect from who they are as a woman. And they can't understand why. Like, how did I get here? How did this happen? How did I come to be 30-something, 40-something, 50-something-year-old woman who sex is a chore, I, I'm not in a loveless marriage relationship, and, you know, all, all of the, the heavy, regular, everyday things that we just kind of get dumped on us and that becomes our life and our existence. And like where do I even begin with that so I guess that's where I come in it's like okay well let's start looking at that and let's start looking at where you started taking on these beliefs and value stories that that's all you were worth mm -hmm. that you weren't worth any different that you weren't worth something better something more pleasurable something more loving or all of the all of the the basic foundational needs that we have why aren't they being met within yeah. what you have created because i'm also a huge advocate for self-responsibility right. and really taking the reins for your existence for your life for your decisions for everything that you are creating it's your doing so it's really coming back to that okay so why did you make that choice? Why did you put yourself there? What is the belief, the underlying right. belief within you that mm -hmm. is making that decision? Mm -hmm. And that's where my work is is kind of directed. It's it's in the excavating. It's in the digging and getting to the layers that are underneath. And then you discover, my clients often discover, oh, my God, this is part of me that's like, has potential for huge power and pleasure and sexual life force energy. Like, really? Mm. How amazing. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then they kind of tap into that and they're like, but that's really wrong. That's really taboo. Right. I grew up in a Christian Catholic household and this and that and the other experience. And, you know, I was told from a young age that that's naughty, dirty, perverted. You don't mm -hmm. touch that. We don't talk about that. So then the layers start to come away. Yeah. And so I guess that is my my intention with Temple Bushi and all the services that I provide is mm -hmm. that excavation process and is the safety net to kind of hold you in that excavation mm -hmm. because I am literally telling you and guiding you through the opposite 
of what mm-hmm. society has raised you to believe. Yeah. So it's scary. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is scary. It really is. And I was actually just having this conversation with my sister yesterday around exactly what you speak to when, you know, we do have that, we wake up and we're like, wow, I've made a series of decisions mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and when I say that, of course, I'm not um, absolutely these decisions have been um, impacted and influenced by those societal norms and, and cultural mm-hmm. ideals, right? It's not we make decisions unconsciously half the time because, yeah, that's just the way it is. But when you come back to that self-responsibility piece and it's like mm. there's, I think there's a part of it that, yes, is really important when we awaken to how have I contributed mm-hmm. to this state of numbness or disconnection or disembodiment or whatever it is. And then the next stage that I think you're really referring to here in this excavation process is what need did I really believe I was meeting? You know, each time I made that decision to come further away from my aliveness and my pleasure and all of these juicy things that I know now are in there, what was the payoff? Like what was I receiving? And that's a really important question because then we can start to meet those needs within ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because we, we're starting to understand where the deficits are or mm-hmm. the, the lack or the, like you said earlier, that, that longing that's there. And rather than stuffing it with whatever the, the um, unhelpful <laughs> Yeah. decisions and behaviors have been we can start to replace it with the 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 helpful things and the healthy things and the powerful things and the the things in your life and the connections with people and relationships that are going to start to allow you to feel your worth again yeah because i think with women one of the dominant um belief stories is is that lack of worth it's that not good enough. You know, I think every woman has a not good enough story somewhere within her, at least one. <laughs> at least one. Yeah, yeah, if not hundreds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it is it is informed from the day we're born, everything around us. And, you know, a lot of the, the programs that I run, we start to unpack where these messages are coming from around us. You know, we look at language, we look at the societal messages, um yeah there's so much around us that like you said that informs us unconsciously to mm-hmm. make those decisions and and so then I guess as you continue to work with me you start to turn those into conscious right. choices and stepping into um almost like I, I suppose more control over your worth story and where it's going for you. And this is one of the biggest things that I do with my practitioner training, which is, of course, where women learn to become practitioners of of yoni massage, of tantric body work. Mm -hmm. And that is a completely unregulated industry. It is a world where there are no rules, (laughs) where there is no standard, where there is nothing, no governing body whatsoever. It is a free-for-all and it is a circus. 
And for me, coming into that as a practitioner, when I first learned, that wasn't good enough because I'm also a midwife, right, which is Mm -hmm. kind of the opposite. Highly regulated industry with so many bloody rules you can't turn around without crossing your T's and dotting your I's. So I was like, okay, there's got to be a middle ground here that creates a standard for practitioners and safety for women and is a reflection of women's worth because women are worth having practitioners, having services provided to them that are held to a level that shows them what they are worth. Quick break from today's conversation to share with you a really exciting new free online workshop that I'll be running September 12th to 13th. It's called Embolden. And we'll be coming together for a two-day play shop, not a workshop, a play shop to harness courageous expression and for you to relish in creative risks. So your fire belly desires, the ones that keep you up at night, stop drying you up and wearing you out and instead begin to turn you all the way on and actually nourish you. Because here is the thing, if you want to be truly felt by others, it takes courage. Not the faux bravado of performance or following the blueprints and templates so you are fully seen and fully heard. That is all beautiful and important, but you need to be felt to cut through the noise. And this you can't fake. We're talking about congruence here. We are talking about not just slogging your guts out and contorting your gifts, but fully embodying your spice and special source. You are a wise, brilliant woman and you have way too much to offer to just throw in the towel. So during our two-day embolden play shop, you are going to be really planting those roots. We are going to be exploring your depth your creative expression in ways that you may not have explored before. So to register, jump onto kateleeper.com slash embolden, learn more, and I will be seeing you September 12th and 13th. Now back to this juicy conversation. And that is my biggest goal in everything that I do. It's it's providing a service that reflects the worth of women. Yeah. That's what I do. Yeah. I adore that, Amy. And um, women who feel in the bone marrow of themselves their worth uh, change the world, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. I believe that. Definitely. I wonder if we can kind of shift gears. I'd love to get to know your journey back to worth a little more and what it's been like for you as you have really, yeah, taken those layers off, uh, moved through the iterations of self and loss and grief and with that orientation towards pleasure, you know, how has that what has that journey looked like for you to sit here today and share that mm-hmm. this is your work in the world? <laughs> yeah, wow. It, 
I guess it began for me um, about seven years ago, really, when I was, so I've been a midwife for about 17 years and I was an incredible midwife. I was a great midwife. I've worked all over the world. I've worked in every capacity you could think. I've done humanitarian aid, third world stuff, tertiary, city level, hospital care, home birth, everything. And um, about seven years ago, I experienced a 21st century witch hunt within the system. And mm. that for me was, ah, oh, it, it, it completely stripped away the foundations on which I stood on and changed everything for me. I was persecuted within the hospital system for the death of a baby. And it, you know, I was not only told, you're a terrible midwife but you're such a terrible midwife that you killed someone and for me who you know I worked like 80 plus hours a week all of my girlfriends were midwives it was all I did I lived it and breathed it it was just everything for me my women gave like got everything every ounce of who I was and to have that happen Mm -hmm. all of a sudden I was like if I'm not a midwife, who am I? Mm-hmm. And it was a massive identity strip. And that was the catalyst that began me on the journey of, well, who the fuck am I <laughs> if mm-hmm. I'm not this or if I can't be this? Right. Because the universe has literally kicked me out of it. Um, who am I? And so in that, it was a 12-month process of investigation and, and whatnot. And in that 12 months, I I experienced some of the darkest times I've ever, ever known. And I really had to lean on um, a, a spiritual mentor who just kind of kept me breathing, basically, through wow. that 12 months and just to know it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I will survive this. Mm-hmm. And... In that time, I started to discover the um, the power of of sexual energy. Basically, I was had nothing else to do. I couldn't. I wasn't allowed to work, so I was doing all kinds of things. Like I was going to Chinese medicine centers and doing fastings and all kinds of wonderful things for myself and my body. And, um, and also starting to explore more sexual energy. And a lot of that was very much in hindsight, not so healthy. It was just basically lots of sex with lots of men. Right. (laughs) That's exploring (laughs) your sexual energy and (laughs) and probably a really big reclamation piece as well. And like trying to, find yourself yeah in all of that Mm -hmm. yeah and I think a a really important part of the the story of a woman claiming her worth and getting to know herself is is the window of the rebel Mm -hmm. you know where she's got to come out and have that moment of fuck you yeah I am not going to comply I am not going to be who you want me to be yeah and for me, that's how she came out. I hear you. And it was just exploring. And there was also the element of needing the validation, needing the the, the love, for, the, for want of a better word, that came, right. came with the sexual interactions of, you know, you are lovable, you are attractive, you are all those things that casual sex tends to validate us in. And at the end of that 12 months, um, the system came to me and said, Actually, it's all good. It's fine. Oh you, my god! You're you're fine. Carry on. 
no change needed. And of course, I was in pieces on the floor and I was like, yeah, no, I can't. That is just incredible. Yeah. And yeah. And so a girlfriend of mine, we, she said, come on, let's go and do something really crazy and we'll go to this tantric ceremony. And I was like, oh God, all right. And we went along to a yoni puja, which is yoni is obviously womb, vulva, and puja is a blessing or honouring ceremony. So it was a, a, a honouring of, of the yoni and we had a live yoni. So we had this beautiful naked woman sitting in a throne with her legs spread mm-hmm. and we just had the opportunity to sit and go before her, kneel before her, gaze upon her and anoint her with tantric fluids and things like this. And it blew me away I sat before her and I've been a midwife at this point for 10 years and I had never ever looked at or gazed Mm -hmm. upon a vulva with the level of reverence that I was in that moment oh full body tingles that blows my mind the number of yonis that you had interacted with in 17 years and finally here is one in which you just mm-hmm. bow to its glory. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And oh gosh, did I feel her glory? Like mm-hmm. just it literally blew me away. And I was a <laughs> sobbing yeah. mess. Mm-hmm. And and as I sat there and then other people were going up and having their turn, I just continued to sob and sob. And I just felt this grief mm-hmm. coming out of me for all the women who had come before me and I hadn't Wow. Cared for them with this level of reverence. Mm-hmm. I, I cared for them incredibly. I was an amazing midwife and had incredible birth experiences, yeah. but not this level of sacredness and reverence and worship. Yeah. And yeah. that's when I knew this is why it had happened because I had to change how I was doing things. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I never, ever, ever would have left the system unless God kicked me out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. so I was like okay yeah I see all the pieces coming together now thank you <laughs> yeah I see all your puzzle pieces <laughs> <laughs> yes. and so yeah and then in that evening the woman said I'm I'm offering a practitioner training next month I've got one place left and I was like me I don't even know what it is but I'm there <laughs> never heard of it before and that was kind of the beginning I became a yoni massage practitioner yeah. And I was just like, wow, like women can be held and nurtured and loved in this way that is so sexual but so not sexual and right. so healing all at the same time. And so Temple of She was born and I was offering Yoni Massage as a service and I was I went back to midwifery just doing a, like less than part-time, just the occasional shift here and there. Mm-hmm. To also heal myself as yeah. a midwife. And then Temple of She just grew and women were seeking me out and they're like, what else can I do with you? How else can I do stuff with you? And I was like, oh, here's a program. <laughs> here's another yeah, program. responding. Mm-hmm. And grew. And then women started saying, I want to do what you do. Teach me. I was like, yeah. oh, God, who am I to do that? <laughs> yeah. There's all your stuff. Yep, coming back yep. at you. Yeah. So I think in the creation of my practitioner training was where I really grasped my worth mm-hmm. in that process, seeing myself as a woman of value, as a teacher, a leader, uh, as a mentor, and recognizing 
how the change that I can make mm-hmm. just by being me and doing it my way. <sighs> that I think was a huge turning point for me in right. in the whole lifetime of of Temple of She. That was massive, and then yeah. So now you know I've, I've run six six intakes now of the training and it just it continues to evolve and change and blow my mind and the women that are coming through and how each intake kind of lays the path for the next one and the work deepens and widens and everything and it's just you know and I, I I do constantly find myself taking moments of just reflecting on that that this is me that's doing this like just little old me who's sitting yeah. at home in the in the office and and doing this stuff and women often thank me like thank you so much for doing what you do I'm like oh really <laughs> yeah um and it's yeah it's a huge um a huge privilege and I I recognize that that was me that created that it was my vision for standard yes and my vision for gold standard which is what i call my training it is the gold standard which it it is creating regulation in an unregulated industry and that was and a benchmark yeah exactly exactly that for me was like that was the end game (laughs) that Mm -hmm. is where we're going with this and it's still very much that way and you know this year has been again a huge tumultuous upturning of all that. It's like, okay, we're going to do things differently now. Like, okay, let's do this. So, yeah, I think in just remembering what I have to offer and that it's me doing it has been the biggest um, points of me really claiming my worth, definitely, as a woman. Yeah. Yeah. That is the best story. It really (laughs) is. And so much just... Ugh, reverberating through me at the moment. And what's really, what I find so striking is because as we do, you know, we listen and we filter through our own process of unfolding and and evolution. Mm -hmm. And I'm always just so deeply fascinated by women in this reclamation of pleasure and aliveness and all that that unlocks, the creativity and the expression that I love to kind of continue on to and how it is just like the inevitability of grief in that process. And, you know, still uh, – for many people, the work that I do when I speak to grief and pleasure at once and this alchemical process and how essentially by the nature um, of being a woman born of um, born under patriarchy, grief and pleasure are inextricably entwined. And yet so many people are still like, that's I don't understand how you <laughs> grief work and pleasure work together. But it's so yeah. obvious when we have these conversations. Yeah. But like, of course. And regardless of where the the entry point is, you know, whether or not it is that longing uh for pleasure that leads you to say a temple of she training, and then you meet the grief. Yeah. Um, consciously, intentionally, or whether it's 
grief that mm. is the portal into reclaiming pleasure and redefining pleasure. It's like there are so many ways to get to this point of wholeness mm. and aliveness and, um, yeah, and the loss. I think when we when we hold reverence for those big losses and those major life-altering life-shattering moments where we think, who are we? What has just happened? Like you say, you know, the universe just (laughs) pulling the rug out from beneath you. And then to hear what has just developed and and ripened since then in you. And that ripple effect is just, yeah, that's everything. When I hear that, it is just everything and so confirming that like, yes, this is the work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Definitely. And I think that's what keeps me going. Yeah. Because, you know, it is by no means an easy path. No. And it is, you know, every day met with confrontation and controversy and the level of discomfort (laughs) that Mm -hmm. it brings others, you know, continuously presents roadblocks for me. And I think it's, it's coming back to that the, yeah. the the depth of this and the level of this and how powerful it is, that is what keeps me going. And, yes, to see those women who were like, thank God, thank you so much for doing what you do because now I am, da-da-da-da-da, I can feel, da-da-da-da-da. Right. Like, oh. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. That is the fuel, isn't it? It's just that. Yeah, it is the fruits of that ripple effect and witnessing that and having that really confirmed and um, yes. proven over and over and over again. And I wonder with the women that you work with and in, uh, on your um, in your own kind of process of meeting yourself as this um, channel for the work, you know, the custodian of the work, how has coming back to your body and having that reverence and when you witness other women develop that reverence for themselves, what changes in their the way they meet the world, relationships, creativity, who they are, how they express themselves? What do you see and feel? Yeah, I, I absolutely love when I see in them this fearlessness and mm. or a courage a new courage that's yeah. there to be unapologetically them because you know I talk about this work and being a sexual woman and feeling the sexual energy but then there's being visible as right. that yeah two very different things very mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's, you know, and this is what my work does is it pushes you to the visibility. It pushes you to the importance of knowing and understanding the visibility. And when you can be that, and I see these women go out there with this new total unapologetic courage Mm -hmm. to be themselves because that's what sexual energy unleashes, just the true you that's underneath all of the bullshit. Mm -hmm. And to see them go out there and just to, you know, to posture differently and to speak differently and Mm -hmm. to have the courage to make different decisions and end relationships or start relationships or mother in a different way or to take jobs or quit jobs or whatever it is, it's just 
yeah, it's amazing to watch them back themselves in that way Mm -hmm. to know that they can and to really deeply get it, to get that they can, that that's who they are and they actually always were but now they're making the choice to be her. Yes. And for you, you know, you are living that truth as well. You are in integrity because you've walked that path. And I think that that is, you know, that is uh, leadership, essentially a real kind of embodied leadership that it is, yeah, it, it, it moves through you, this process of change and um, making the brave choices and standing firm in that. And so when you have held that and survived that and thrived from that, (laughs) then others around you kind of, yeah, they see, they see it. (laughs) And so they then begin to believe that, well, maybe that's possible for me too. Yeah. Exactly. And this is, you know, this is what I preach to my practitioners and my graduates. It's like, be the demonstration. Yeah. This is your job now to go out there and be the demonstration of this, to be the demonstration of the embodied, turned on woman. Yeah. And what does she look like in society? Let other women see her. Let children see her. Mm. Let society see her. Be the demonstration of that. And I know that, yeah, I, I have no choice but to be her. Yeah, that's right. You're held in <laughs> integrity there. Yeah, I completely yeah. relate. Yeah. It's a big yeah. it is a big responsibility, you know, putting um I think we can have the desire, right? We want to see the change, but it is to be the change and to be um accountable to that and also very human. When we fall and, and, you know, I don't like the word fail because I don't think there's really such a thing, but when we fall short maybe of um, what it is we really want for ourselves, to be just so human and in owning that, that's leadership too. And that's definitely been a process for me to, yeah, to recognise, I think, coming from, you know, as a clinical psychotherapist and counsellor, it was always very much um, oh, I know the best way for you. I have the intervention here. <laughs> I have the solution yeah. and we're going to walk towards that and and I'm going to guide you there and have this agenda. But, oh, definitely don't ask me about myself <laughs> and where I'm definitely not um, living into that because yeah. uh, that's none of your business. I'm just going to wear this hat <laughs> of professional, right? Yeah. And I think that for many of us, perhaps in professions where we we do give a shit and we really do want to see a better world and we want to help and support and, and care for mm-hmm. others, um, it is really confronting when I think we get to a point where we're like, how am I living into that myself, you know, and when there's that split and there's that, yeah, that chasm between really living in integrity with what we desire and and long for others and we're not showing up for ourselves in that way, it hurts. I know it really physically hurt me and I I couldn't, yeah, I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, when you realise there's, 
incongruence within you yep. and and the life you're living and then you realize that moment where you realize you've got to make the change it's mm-hmm. yeah it hurts it hurts yeah and it's it's hard and, and there are those moments where you're like well if I just pretend or if I just you know don't oh, talk about sure. it or just we can do it for no you know. yeah <laughs> decades yeah we can do that yeah but it does it it catches up and I think particularly when you are putting yourself out there as you know whether it be a public figure or just somebody with an offering that yeah it is like well I guess this is my yeah this is my benchmark now you know this is otherwise it is felt that resonance it is felt whether we like it or not absolutely absolutely Definitely, yeah. And I think that's what makes the difference between incredible leaders is is walking mm-hmm. their talk and being that demonstration and those that are just talking about it and pretending. For sure. Yeah. Yep. Yes. <laughs> that is the, uh, yeah, that is the uncomfortable truth. Um, that's for sure. But I, yeah, I just love chatting to you, Amy. I love hearing more about your story today. I think that it's just, it's such a powerful message and reminder to women that no matter where they might be right now, it's not the end game, you know, everything is working for us and shaping us as we speak. And it's just so hard to remember that Mm. we can take those moments and just kind of like, okay, this is, this is where I am right now. And it's not, things may look very different soon. So how can I just be in relationship to what is and, uh, and trust Trust, yeah. Trust, exactly. right? Trust that, is the biggest way. one. <laughs> yep, trust and then trust some more. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it comes down so much to just trusting Yeah, it's, yeah, like you said, it's not the end game. It's and trusting that. And I and I think I've had this experience enough in my life where when it's mm-hmm. shit, it's it's not the end. It's okay. It's, it's the things are changing, things are evolving, and it, it will get to a point where you may not understand it, but it feels okay again. Right. Yeah, until the next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is being human. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it takes <laughs> takes some time to really accept this humanness, but when we get there, eventually, yeah. um, yeah, there is some relief to be found. Amy, what is happening in your universe at the moment in terms of how women might be able to work with you, get a taste of what you do? What's coming up? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm very excited in November. I am running my Willing Woman Retreat, which mm-hmm. I haven't run this since pre-COVID. So I'm super excited to be offering it again. It's a four-day women's retreat and it is for the willing woman. It is for the woman who's willing to get uncomfortable, who's willing to face those aspects of herself where mm-hmm. she's making the bad decisions <laughs> and, right. and changing creating the change, feeling what's there and identifying the need that's there. That's the process of the willing woman. So it's a four-day beautiful retreat happening in central Queensland on a clifftop overlooking the ocean. And oh, wow. it's it's going to be, you know, we're embodying archetypes, we're exploring holy rage, we are doing all sorts of incredible things. So that's happening um, 8th to the 11th of November. 
Mm-hmm. And then I also have um, Sex Ed for the Grown Ass Woman happening in Ooh. September, which is, it's great. It's just a four-week online class where mm-hmm. we just go over the stuff they didn't teach you in high school. Yeah. The stuff that women should know about their bodies, about sex, how it works, the toys, all of the things that we've kind of got no one to ask mm-hmm. but we're a bit curious and there's a lot of misinformation out there. So it's just like a basic sex 101. <laughs> I love that. But I For- bet that there's a pleasure emphasis, right? <laughs> Not, this is how you don't get pregnant. Yes. 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 It is for women. It is Mm -hmm. coming back to the idea of your capabilities of pleasure and how to learn your body to be able to then do that for yourself. So definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those are two incredible things that I have coming up. I also do private one-on-one work, yoni massage and other things as well. And then the practitioner training, the next intake is coming up at the end of the year as well. Oh, it's all happening. It is all happening. And all of this I will uh, link to Amy's website in the show notes. If anyone wants to jump straight on Instagram, is that where you're mostly yep. hanging yeah, out? Yeah, that's where I hang out. Don't like yep. Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just it's not doing it for me either. Um, so your handle on Instagram is? Is temple.of.she. Beautiful. Well, Amy, it's been a joy. It's so fun to chat with you and, um, yeah, let's do it again sometime, hey? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, beautiful woman. You're welcome. Bye. Thank you for joining me today on the Sensual Alchemy School podcast. If you found this episode supportive or something landed for you here, please share it with your friends, family and anyone who you feel might benefit. If you're loving this podcast, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to ensure that we can keep bringing you the conversations you need. And if you want to connect, please find me at kateleeper.com or over on Instagram at kate.leeper. I'd love to hear from you.